Hey, this is Pastor Jeff Workmeister of Elevate Church, and welcome to our podcast. I want to thank you for listening today. I hope this inspires you, encourages you, and builds your faith. Enjoy the podcast. Hey, morning. I want to do this real quick. Acts chapter 10, verse 38 says this. You know that Jesus was anointed with the Holy Spirit and power. Jesus went around doing good, healing all who were oppressed by the devil. Um, I just had that in my heart. And I want you to just close your eyes real quick. I know we don't usually do this. Just close your eyes. If you're in here, you need a healing in your body. We had a young lady in our church this week. Earlier in the week, she went into the hospital for COVID. We prayed. We stood in faith. We prayed this verse over her life. They released her yesterday in the name of Jesus. Jesus is a healer, a restorer. So if you're in here, you need healing. I'm going to pray for you. Father, we thank you in the name of Jesus. We thank We thank you, Jesus, that you destroy the works of the devil. And we thank you that sickness is not from you, but it is from the devil. And you've destroyed the devil. You've destroyed the works of the devil. And so we release your healing power into everybody right now in Jesus' name. We thank you for divine, divine healing, restoration in bodies, Father. Hallelujah. We rebuke disease, infirmity sickness off of every body of Elevate Church in Jesus' name. And we thank you, God, for your grace, your health, your healing and strength. Father, we love you. We thank you for today. We thank you for the word of God. We thank you for your word. We treasure your word. Lord, we ask that your word would speak deeply into our soul today, Father. That your word would be exactly as the word says, a double-edged sword cutting to the very joint and marrow, cutting to our soul, showing us your good things, Father. We love you. We worship you. Holy Spirit, we invite you today. And everybody agrees. Said? Amen. Amen. Come on, give it up for Jesus. Isn't Jesus really good? All right. If you got a Bible, pull out your Bible. Okay. Pull it out, pull it out. If you got an e-Bible, pull out your e-Bible. Okay, if you got something to write something down with, I want you to pull that out. I'm going to jump right into things um, because I got a lot today. I got a lot. I got a lot. You better be ready. God's going to smack you up today. Come on. You got you to wake up, okay? You got to wake up. Okay, I got like I got way too much energy for a lack of energy today. Okay, um, all right, go with me to Hebrews, Hebrews, chapter four. We're in a series called Grace uh, today. Uh, we're going to talk about my message is called Good Soil. Andrew Coots, I see you with that fire on your feet, brother. Come on, I'm feeling that today. That just made me even more happy. Okay, all right, Hebrews chapter four. Verse 1, it says this, Now the promise of entering into God's rest is still for us today. Amen? That's a good word right there, okay? So we must be extremely careful to ensure 
that we embrace the fullness of the promise. We don't fail to not experience it, okay? Because here's the deal. God is something he wants you to experience, okay? Religion comes in and out and just does the motions and goes through the patterns. God wants you to experience him. He wants you, the word says, he wants you to taste him and taste that he is good. He wants you to experience all of him, okay? Verse two, for we've heard the good news of deliverance, just as they did, yet they did not join their faith with the word. Instead, what they heard did not affect them deeply, and for that they doubted, okay? So, Talking about rest and finding rest in what? Grace, okay? That's, that's where we find real rest. Now, I know a lot of us would be like, I'd be resting a whole lot better today if I was down in Florida on the beach and my you know, feet were in the sand and you know, the ocean was roaring. And, and the, that's all great, okay? And we all need moments like that. They're special moments. And, and I want you all to have these kind of moments, okay? But the reality is this, is that I'm talking about rest on a daily basis, okay? I'm talking about rest when you're at work. Can I get an amen for that? Some people are like, oh, Lord Jesus, I need a lot of rest at work, okay? I'm talking about rest when you pick your kids up from school. How many of you know, like, when you pick up your kids, a lot of the moms, they're like, they're like um, just vultures, okay? I mean, they're just, like, starving, and they're hungry, and they're wild, you know what I mean? You're like, God, I need some rest right there, you know what I mean? I'm talking about rest that you find on the daily, and that rest is really what? It's the grace and the goodness of God that gives us strength every day, Okay? And so we've been in the series and we've been talking about this word teshuva, okay? To means this, because of the cross of Jesus, we return to who? We return to Jesus. We return to grace, okay? So we're going to talk about that. Um, where's my guys that are going to help me uh, this morning? Here, come on up. Bring that all up r- real quick, okay? What up? I got Jakey today? Let's go. Let's go. Okay. All right. I want to do this real quick, okay? Well, they're going to help set up something. I know everybody's so distracted right now. They're like, what's, what's going on over there? Okay, they're, they're coming, okay? Do me a favor. I want you to do this with me, okay? I want you to think about some of the worst moments of your life. Like some of the worst like moments that you like failed. Like really, really failed, okay? So I was thinking about this. Yeah, just we're gonna set up. Um, yeah, I'm gonna use okay. this. Yeah, yeah, oh, I, I got this. I got this, I got this. Okay, you just set up all that. I was thinking about that. So when I was like 18, um, I wasn't, yeah, yeah, just pour it all in, pour it all in. I know, everybody's like, what is happening right now, okay? I know, everybody's so distracted. All right, just pour that one in. Now, we'll wait, wait a second, okay? All right, now, wait a second. There we go. All right. All right, good job, good job. All right, now, hold off for a second, okay? All right, we're good. Just hold right there, okay? Actually, you're good right there. We're good right there. You all just get off the stage. All these people are so distraught. I love you all. I love you. No, you're good. You go. You go. You're good. You're good. We'll, we'll be all right. Everybody's so distracted right now. Yeah. Yeah. I'll help you understand what this represents. Okay. So I was 18. I wasn't serving the Lord. Okay. 
But I grew up in church. How many of you grew up in church? I'm talking about grew up in church. Okay, we got some people. Y'all know what I'm talking about, okay? So I grew up in church so much that when I was 18, um, I had this night, uh, went out with some friends uh, at the college, and we, we, we partied all night, okay? And when I mean we partied all night, I mean we partied all night till like five in the morning, like all night, okay? And somehow... I told somebody, I don't know how or why, just probably because it was so ingrained into me. I told somebody, set an alarm. I have to go to church tomorrow morning, okay? So this alarm goes off at like seven o'clock in the morning. Everybody is like passed out, you know what I mean? People are cursing like, why is this alarm going off? You know what I mean? And the alarm goes off and somehow I go, I got to go to church, okay? So I get into, um, how many of you remember a geo tracker? Remember those, I had a geo tracker, okay? I got into my geo tracker and somehow made it to church, okay? okay? Now, remember, I have partied all night long, okay? So I walk into my church that I grew up in, my family, my friends, everybody I know goes to this church. I walk in. And I mean, you ever like, you know, like smelled somebody when they come in? Like, I mean, I am like, it is pouring out of my pores, okay? It is just this stench. And I, I'm walking, I'm like, I made it. I made it to church today, you know what I mean? I get to church, we have worship, and we sat down, you know what I mean? Like, in my family, we sat up by the front. This sad front row never gets any action, okay? <laughs> It is like it has a curse on it or something. Nobody wants to sit in it ever, okay? But we sat up by the front, and I'm sitting up there, and all I remember is sitting there in just this warmth, just coming over my body. And I slowly was like, oh, here we go. You know what I mean? And I passed out. I mean, straight up passed out on the front row, fell out of the chair in front of the entire church, Okay. I, this was a bad day, people, okay? I ended up waking up in the nursery, okay? Somebody had drugged me to the nursery, okay? Woke up in the nursery, all right? That was a bad day. I remember another day. I remember another day. Um, this is actually when I was a pastor. Um, I was playing uh, men's league church basketball, like church basketball, okay? Let me say this again. Church basketball, Okay. And uh, we had made the championship game. I was super excited. We were going to win the championship. And it was just one of those days that did not go the way I thought it was going to go. And by the third quarter, I had one foul left. By the end of the third quarter, I fouled out, okay? Fouled out. And, like, I am, how many of you are good losers, okay? Okay? I am not a good loser, okay? I am the worst loser, okay? We could be playing like go fish and I lose and I'll throw the deck of cards, you know what I mean? Like, I do not like to lose, okay? So, so I fall out, we're getting killed. I'm walking off the court in protest. I take my jersey off, I throw it down. I'm yelling at the ref, you know what I mean? Remember, like I'm a pastor at this church. This is a church league, you know what I mean, Okay. Then I decided, you know what, I'm going to take this protest a bit farther. So I start untying my shoes. I'm yelling at people. And finally, I take off a shoe, okay, a size 13 shoe, okay? And I decide I'm going to chuck this shoe down the court, okay? 
So I chucked this shoe down the court and it heel toe, heel toe, heel toe. I don't know. It was literally an angel trying to prove something to me, okay? It perfectly hit this kid in the head as he was walking across the court. A child in the head with a 13-size shoe, okay? Where am I going? <laughs> I know, it's, it's a mess. I'm messed up. You all are like, why are we here today? This is the last church we should be at, okay? Where am I going? We, we all got stuff. Amen? We all got stuff. Now, here's the deal, though. There are the big things, okay? These, like, big moments where we fail, right? But there's also a lot of just daily things, right? There's a lot of moments where, you know, it's like you just gossip. You got into the moment, some people were talking, and you got into some gossip. Or you got greedy, or you had some lust, or you got jealous, or, you know, the pride came out, and you're like, I am right, and I am always right, and you are all wrong, okay? You know what I mean? Or you had some lack of honor in your marriage, right? So we, we all got stuff, okay? And so here's the deal. I have this rice, okay? And, and I wanted to show you this, okay? So I started thinking about this. I started thinking, okay, let's just think that on average that we mess up maybe 10 times a day, okay? Now, some of you are like, you probably mess up like 20 or 30 times a day, Pastor Jeff. You know what I mean? You're like, not me, but let, let's just say on average we mess up 10 times a day. So I did some math, okay? Came out to this, okay? If we mess up 10 times a day, just little mistakes, that equals out to 300, no, 3,650 times a year that we need grace. So then I thought, well, let's remove the age of accountability and let's just kind of, you know, take this out through 68 years, okay? 68 years. That equals 248,200 times that we need grace, okay? So what is it? It's, this rice just represents all these moments that we need grace. So what am I getting to? We all need a lot of grace. We all need a lot of grace. So here's what's interesting. In the Old Testament, okay, they would actually lay hands on a lamb to transfer what? 3,650 times of failure mistakes into this lamb, okay? So this lamb would cover their sin for what? One year, right? Okay. But Jesus came to do something far better than that. Aren't you thankful that today we didn't come with a lamb? You know what I mean? I, 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 don't, I, that just, I don't know if that would go over very well in 2021, okay? You know what I mean? Like, all right, everybody bring your lamb. You know what I mean? We will have the altar up here. Okay, um, you know, Caleb Harmon's going to come up and help us, you know, kill the lambs, you know what I mean? 
Could you imagine all the kids watching that every Sunday? They'd be terrified, right? But Jesus, he came to do something far better. All right, so Matthew chapter 27, verse 28, says this. They stripped off his clothes. They placed a scarlet robe on him to make fun of him. Then they braided a crown of thorns, forcefully shoved it into his head. Placing a reed staff in his right hand, they knelt before him, mocked him, saying, Hail, the king of the Jews. Then they spat on his face, and they took the reed staff from his hand, and they hit him repeatedly on the head, driving the crown of thorns deeper and deeper. When they were finished ridiculing him, they took off the scarlet robe and put his clothes back on him and led him away to be crucified. And then they crucified Jesus, nailing his hands and feet to the cross. Because of the cross of Jesus Christ, because Jesus took all of these moments, isn't that incredible? All these moments, every single one of these moments, he took them. And here's what's so interesting to me. I was praying this week, and the Lord just kind of poked my heart. He said, you know, I didn't just take it for just the believers. I took it for everyone in the world, every single person in the world, even the ones that don't choose to believe in me. Isn't that wild? He took it into him. So just like they laid hands on the lamb, all of our sin, failure, mistakes, all got transferred to who? Into Jesus. And they whipped him. They beat him. They mocked him, put a crown of thorns in him, nailed him to the cross, and he died and he bled. Why did they have to shed the lamb's blood? Because the lamb's blood was what was pure and actually covered the people's sin for a year. So Jesus does something far better for us. And he goes, I'm going to shed my blood to cover you forever. Amen? It's a good word. So because of the cross, we return to what? Grace. Every day we think, Man, God, thank you for taking that poor attitude. Thank you for taking that gossip. Thank you for taking that moment that I dishonored, you know, my wife. Thank you, God. Thank you. Because of all you did on the cross, I return back to you to grace. And that's what Hebrews is talking about. He's talking about entering into rest. This is real rest. Real rest is this place in your soul that you know, not based on circumstances of life, but because of what Jesus has done for us, you go, I can rest in his grace. I can rest in his strength. All right, let's go back to Hebrews 4, verse 2. For they heard the good news of the deliverance, just as they did, yet They did not join their faith. Did you see that? They didn't join their faith with the word. Instead, 
what they heard didn't deeply affect them and they doubted, okay? So here's the question. When we hear the good news of deliverance, this is good news. This is deliverance. This should take us to a place in our relationship with Jesus that it causes us to go, I want to be with him daily. I, like, like the goal is not to just come to church on Sunday. The goal is to go, because of what Jesus Christ has done for me, because of his goodness, I want to be next to him. I want to be with him daily. I desire to be next to him. So in that, I can find rest, okay? But what causes us, right, as human beings, to what the word said there, it said, to not be deeply affected, right? Like this truth should deeply affect our soul and change everything about our lives. Like everything. It should change the way we treat people. It should change the way that we share the gospel with our neighbors. It should share, it should change the way that we see ourselves. It should deeply affect us. But what causes it to go, no, it, I, I hear it, it's good news, but I still have doubts. Still doubting this. Still doubting God's goodness. All right, so Matthew chapter 13, okay? Matthew chapter 13 says this. This is Jesus, and he says this. Consider this. There was a farmer who went out and sowed seed, okay? As he cast his seed, some fell among the beaten path, and the birds came and ate them. The other fell upon the gravel where there was no topsoil. They quickly shot up, but when the day grew hot and it scorched and withered, they all became insufficient because the root system was insufficient. Verse seven, others fell among the thorns. So when they sprouted, the thorns choked them. Verse eight, but the seed that fell on the good, rich soil kept producing a good harvest, some yielding 30, 60, even times 100 as much as it had been planted. I'm gonna go through this really quick, this little part right here, is I need you to get there, get this, this passage, okay? The first thing is this, the seed is the word of God, okay? So the word of God is being sowed, right? I sow the word of God every Sunday, okay? I tell people all the time, the hardest thing sometimes as a pastor is this, to sow the word of God, to bring you to fresh water and go, please drink it, please drink it. It will help your life. I promise you it's not here to hurt you. I'm not trying to harm you. I'm trying to help you. It is the hardest thing as a pastor to watch people go, eh, I don't know. I don't know. And we live in such a time that the word of God is sown all the time. You see the word of God on Facebook. You see the word of God on Instagram. Uh, you can listen to the word of God. Um, you can listen to podcasts with the word of God. You can hear the word of God basically anywhere, okay? You can see the word of God at a football game, right? So the word of God is being sown, okay? So the word of God gets sown. The second thing I want you to understand is this. The Bible, the word, okay, the word of God will always lead you back to what? Jesus. Will always lead you back to Jesus, okay? But what is Jesus? Jesus is actually the word of God, Okay, John 1 tells us in the beginning, the word existed, the word was with God and the word was God. He existed in the beginning with God. God created everything through him. 
So Jesus is the word of God, and God chose to create everything, meaning all of us through the word of God, through Jesus, through what? Through grace. We were created through grace. And because we were created through grace, we are called to return to what? Grace. He's our creator. Okay, so the word God gets sown, all right? And then we find grace, okay? But here is the deal. There was only one type of soil that produced a harvest, right? There was one, one that received. So like when seed is sown, it has to actually go down deep in the soil. The seed has to die underneath the pressure of the soil, right? Meaning what? Who's the seed? We have the seed. We have to die, right, to produce what? A good harvest. But only one soil brought it in, okay? And that one soil, the good soil, the good soil brought in the grace of God, brought in Jesus onto their life, onto a daily basis. And it says what? It produced something 30, 60, 100 times more than it had been planted. So what does that mean? It means 30, 60, 100 times more grace for your job. Who needs that? You're like, I need that. My job's hard. My job's stressful. My job's, my job's tough. How about I need 30, 60, 100 times more grace in my marriage? I, I, need, I need grace. You know, uh, listen, uh, right now, there, there is a battle in our house, in our bathroom, uh, the battle of the powder, okay? I, I powder my whole entire body, okay? okay? And it goes everywhere, okay? And, and Jess literally wants to destroy my life right now, okay? She wants to kill me, okay? I, I, she, she has told me at our, at our new house that powder is being banned at our new house, okay? And I just wrote a contract with a powder company. I'm like, bring a truckload of it, okay? I'm gonna use it all, okay? We need grace. We need 30, 60, 100 times more grace with our kids, our attitude, our words, right? We need grace, but there's only one soil that receives the grace, naturally produces. So let's look at four different types of soil that Jesus is talking about. And really, what is this? This is four different people groups, okay? And you'll find yourself in one of these today, okay? And, and can I just be completely honest that this passage challenges me all the time. Because there are seasons that I'm like, man, I'm doing well. I'm in a good place with the Lord. I am seeking after him. The soil is good. It's rich. The word is rich. And I'm just, there's a lot of life being produced. But there are seasons of my life sometimes where I'm like, man, there are some rocky things going on in my heart. There are some weeds. There are some thorns. So when we go through this, it isn't to make you feel bad. It isn't if you go, you know what? I'm that soil. I'm not producing. Listen, we're not here to bring guilt and shame. 
okay? That's not what Jesus came to do. Jesus came to bring you out of guilt and shame and bring you into victory in life in him, amen? Okay, so the point of seeing the different soils isn't to make you feel bad. The point is for you to go, oh, that helps me. That helps me, it's like a mirror. It helps me to see something that's going on in my heart right now that needs to be changed so that God can produce a great harvest in my life. Amen? Okay. All right, so the first one is this. It's a footpath, okay? Matthew chapter 13, verse 19. The seed that fell on the footpath represents those who hear the message about the kingdom of God and don't understand it, okay? Then the evil one comes and snatches away the seed that was planted in their heart, okay? So this is really important. This represents a lot of people that go, you know what, I read the word of God and I just don't completely understand it. That's okay, I get it. It's been lots of moments in my life that that's happened, okay? But this is why things like groups ministry is so important. Because you gotta get around people that do understand the word of God, okay? So when I am in a group and I connect with a group and I'm a part of that group and there's some people that are, they're just more seasoned. They're maybe a little more wiser. They've been, you know, walking with the Lord longer and they understand the word of God. You can go, you know what? I don't understand this passage of the word of God. And can I just make this really clear? That's okay. Like, don't ever feel embarrassed about that. Don't ever. I, I was with one of our young guys in our church this week and I told him, I said, we were at lunch. And I said, you can ask me anything. And he goes, I was wondering about this verse, and it's been like really, really bothering me. And I'm like, okay, let's talk about it. And he shared the verse, and we talked about it, and he was like, oh, that makes so much more sense now. That's okay. We need that. We need people to surround our lives. That's why one of the things that we're going to do in 22 is this. We are going to, we're going to do this series called GRIP. We're going to make this a church-wide thing. We've been working on this discipleship program for the last six months, okay? We're getting it ready. And here's the deal. We're going to have everybody in our church go through it. Why? Because we want you to know the Word of God, understand the Word of God, so that what? It can produce harvest in your life. You got to understand it, okay? All right, the second group is this. It's the rocky soil, okay? The rocky soil. Matthew chapter 13, verse 20, okay? The seed that was on the rocky soil represented those who heard the message and immediately received it with joy, okay? There's this Mickey show, and they go, hot dog, hot dog, hot dog, hot diggity dog, you know what I mean? So when I hear that, that's what came up in my head. I was like, hot dog. Listen, there are times that we're at church and we hear the word and we're like, hot dog. Man, that's a good word, Pastor Jeff. Thanks for sharing that today. That is so good. So this is what he's talking about. We hear the word of God. We receive it. We're like, hot dog, yes. Okay? But it says this. But since, the, but since they don't have a deep root, they don't last long. They fade away soon because of problems. Okay? Because of problems. So, honestly, this was my mom growing up, okay? My biological mom, 
all right? Uh, my mom, my biological mom, always looked at life through a half-empty perspective. It was always half-empty. That was just her perspective all the time. Um, whenever there was a problem, it was never met with faith. It was actually met with more doubt and more problems, right? What was interesting about my mom is that my mom went to church every Sunday. Like, I mean, every Sunday. I mean, like, she never missed church. I mean, she could have been, like, on her deathbed. They'll, like, wheel her into church. So the word had been sown into her life for a long, long time. And there was a lot of times I would hear my mom after church and say, wasn't that a good word by pastor? We do this all the time. We, see, we hear the word and we're like, man, that sounds good. That's a good word. But then what happens? Like problems come, life comes, right? And her perspective was skewed. She saw herself as a victim because my dad left. So she saw herself abandoned. So because of that, she always saw abandoned, not good enough. She always saw the problems. She always thought we never have enough, right? So what's happening? The word's being sowed, and it's good. But what's happening? It's never going down and taking root. It's just lying on the surface. It's like, you know, it's like if we went out and planted seed, we, you know, had some seed to plant an apple tree. And we said, you know what? I'm just going to drop it on top of the ground, and it's going to magically appear in a couple of years. No, no, no. That, that seed, some bird's going to come, and some bird's going to eat that seed. Your kid's going to kick that seed. You know what I mean? Like, that seed is not going to produce any harvest. Why? It never went down into the soil. It never went down. All right, third one. Third one is this, the thorns and the weeds. All right, verse 22. The seed that fell among the thorns represents those who hear the word of God, but all too quickly the message is crowded out by worries of this life and the lure of wealth so no fruit is produced. Okay, so this is most believers. Okay, I really think that this is where most believers in Jesus get caught up. They get caught up in the weeds and the thorns, okay? And here's the deal. We receive the good news of grace. This is good news today. Grace, God's goodness, his love, his mercy, his kindness. That's what this represents. And we receive the good news of grace, and we're like, that's a good word. But as soon as we get into the car, the enemy is waiting for you. He's waiting for you. He's waiting at your car today, every Sunday. He's waiting. He's waiting with worry. He's waiting with fear. He's waiting with anxiety. He's waiting to tell you what? Everything you just heard, that doesn't apply to your life. This worry, this fear, this anxiety, that's what applies to your life. We just get caught up in worry. Uh, I was watching a show on Amazon Prime the other day, and they have these commercials. 
And they were playing like the same commercials like over and over again. And I was like, oh, this is just a pattern. You know what I mean? And then I like started like every time the commercials went through, I was like, man, like every commercial was about a worry. Like the first commercial was about climate change. The second commercial was about hatred in the earth. The third commercial was about the world like coming to an end. Like every commercial was worry, fear, and anxiety. Worry, fear, and anxiety. Worry, fear, and anxiety. That's all the enemy's got. But he builds his kingdom on it. And he'll run your life with it. He will manipulate you. He will get you to freak out. He'll get you to not trust God. He'll get you to do exactly what we're talking about, where the seed never goes down deep and never takes root. Why? Because you're just so worried. So worried. Um, let me show you this. The other day, uh, that picture of Benny. Uh, it was Ben's birthday. This is my middle son, okay? Uh, we bought him a Ferrari. <laughs> oh, Jesus! Someday! But I'm not buying it for him. I'm buying it for me, okay? So uh, he was like, I want to go to Topgolf. So we went to Topgolf with his family. There was a Ferrari, so we took a picture uh, with him. Now, let me show you this. You can take that down. Now, I'm a good father. And I'm not saying that pridefully. I'm just a good father. Growing up without a dad, I determined when I was like 15 years old, I'm going to be a good dad someday. I just made that determination in my heart. And one of the things as a good father is that I know that I'm going to meet all my kids' needs, their cares, and their dreams. I remember years ago, I was working at a church in Michigan, and uh, Pastor Jesse Duplantis came. Anybody ever heard of Pastor Jesse Duplantis? Some of us, okay. And he came, and he was just, his, his whole message was about how he blessed his kids. And I was like, what? Where are we going with this? And, and, and he talked about blessing his kids because as he blessed his kids, they would see him blessing them. And as the father, they would represent him as an earthly father to their heavenly father. And I was like, oh my gosh, that's good. That is a good word. And I remember the Lord challenged me. He said, just always meet your kids' needs, right? But take care of their dreams too. Like take care of their dreams. So Ben, for like, I don't know, like three years, he's had this dream. He wants a camera. He's just creative. He loves creative things. And so uh, we ended up buying a second-hand camera for him and got him a new, like, camera bag and got all this stuff. And, and we just, and we blessed him for his birthday, a camera. He, I guarantee you he is in kids' ministry right now taking video. I promise you. I, he is. They're saying he is. He's probably, the moment he got in the church, this is his dream. So, so where am I going with this? Okay. So here's the other. When he doesn't worry about everyday life, when he doesn't worry about his dreams, why? Because his father takes care of these things. He is free to do what? To just dream. He's just free to dream. See, I think what worry does, 
worry, fear, anxiety, it does what? It steals our imagination. You ever watch kids play and they just have imagination? And you're like, man, that would be nice. Man, that would be nice just to play with that telephone and believe it's a telephone and you're a spy. You know what I mean? And you're, you know, you're up to all these different dreams and you think like, oh man, that was cute and that was nice one day and a long time ago. Why does it have to be a long time ago? What did Jesus tell us? Not to worry about anything. He literally told, I, I read that in, uh, what was it? Matthew chapter five last week. He said, don't worry. Look how I take care of the birds of the earth. Aren't you far more valuable to me than these birds are? So worry actually rips imagination away from us. But when we don't worry and we allow God to be God and allow his grace to abound, man, you can dream with God. So I'm in the car with Ben. We're listening to this song, this worship song. And the Lord just pricks my heart. He says, share that testimony. And so I shared a testimony of somebody in our church that just recently got healed. And I'm sitting there and I'm watching him. And a couple minutes later, he says to me, I think God's going to use me to heal people someday. Why? He's just free to dream with God. He's just free to dream. Give God the worry. Give God the anxiety. He really loves you. If he loved you that much to take all of this junk and put it into his body and die on a cross... How much more, how much more will he do for you? Because when you let the worry go, the word of God can take root in your soul. And you can go, I can believe for more. We can believe for more. And we could believe that God would do more in our family, but God would use us in a greater way. How does God want to use you in a greater way? to make an impact on his kingdom right before he comes back. Come on, come on up. Worship team, come on up. People group number four. Good soil. Matthew chapter 13. The seed that fell in the good soil. The good soil. Have you ever, like, put good soil in your hand before? Like, miracle grow good soil? Right? What is it? It's, like, light. It's fluffy. It has moisture in it. Right? It... It's not hard. It's not thorny. It's not rocky. It's, you, you know, you don't go to Menards and pick up a bag of miracle Grow soil and open it up and be like, oh, thank God it is full of thorns and weeds and rocks and, and dirt. Oh, this is the best soil I've ever had. No, you go, oh, thank God there is no rocks. There is no thorns. It's light. It's airy. Why? Because this is exactly what I've been showing you. It's free from worry. It's free from fear. It's free 
from all the cares of this life. In the good soil, the word of God comes, the word of grace comes, because what does grace mean? Remember we talked about this last week. It means acceptance, it means approval, and it means what? Special benefits and blessings. This is what Jesus comes to do for us. Can you receive it though? Can you receive it? Like, I mean, really receive it. Really, really, really receive it. Last Sunday, we left and we drove 12 hours to Kansas City uh, to look at a great church called Life Church. And we looked at a bunch of their buildings. And um, on, on Tuesday, we're like driving back and it's another 12 hours. I don't know about you, but I just don't enjoy driving, okay? But I'm in this like, in this car with all of our team and, uh, and we're driving back and I'm just like testing. I'm just testing. And just like, you know, like we stop at a gas station. She goes like, check your attitude. I'm like, you check your attitude. (laughs) What was going on? I just allowed all of the pressure, all of the worry, all of the thoughts of how are we going to do this, God? How are we going to do this, God? How are we going to do this, God? And I got into prayer the next day, and the Lord said, you're not going to do anything. I'm going to do this. You'll partner with me and I'll tell you what to do each step of the way, but you don't need to get ahead of me, Jeff. I just need you to stay lockstep with me. I'll tell you what to do. You do that and I'll do what I do. I'm going to bring my favor. I'm going to bring my grace. I'm going to bring my goodness. I'm going to do what I do. You just trust me. See, now it's the challenge then. The challenge is, am I going to let that take root? Or am I going to let that sit on the surface? And I'm going to let the devil steal it away 24 hours later. Or am I going to be the good soil, take it down deep in me and go, yes, in the name of Jesus, you are good. You are faithful. Your timing is perfect. You've always blessed me. You've always taken care of me. You've always been so good and faithful to me, Lord. I praise you, Lord, now in faith for what I don't have, I can't see, I can't touch, I can't feel, but I know that I know that I know that you've spoken to me and you are good and your grace is good. And as long as I have your grace, as long as I have your goodness, that is all that I need. Amen. Because he's good. Stand up this morning. 